Hi, everybody. Um, welcome to my podcast. Hope everyone is doing well today. Um, I am actually, uh, it is a Sunday and I'm fresh off of a wedding. I had a wedding last night and um, I'm kind of charged up from that. Um, have a lot of thoughts, you know. I always tell my friends, um, even some of my clients that I work with, um, as far as people who are wanting to get into the industry, I say, you know, the day that I take a wedding and I walk away from it with um, no kind of critiques or I don't, there's, I feel like there's nothing I could have done better is the day that I'll stop booking weddings. You know, there's always something that um, I, I learn and I learn from. So when I got in last night, I was really too tired to think about it. And I've been running around today and I've just, you know, been thinking about last night and all the things. And um, I decided, you know, hey, I have not talked about what I do or, you know, weddings or anything like that on my podcast. So today I want to kind of um, bring that into um, this space. So I am um, a wedding planner, a wedding planner slash coordinator. Um, I do not do planning as much anymore. It's mainly coordinating. Um, I do love planning, but I also have a full-time job and I'm also um, a mother. I have two small kids and planning can just be very overwhelming sometimes. So I've cut back in recent years and um, I strictly do like I won't say strictly every now and then I'll, I will do full planning but I try to mainly take um, coordinating and management clients and then I also um, run workshops every now and then where I teach other people how to um, how to do coordinate coordinating and planning um, so with that being said um, I do have some clients both people who I'm working with for um, like coordinating their weddings and then I have clients who I am working with um, and they're in one of my classes where we're working on you know getting them comfortable enough to go out there and start um, booking clients for themselves as what as coordinators and planners so a few of them have listened to my podcast and you know they're like oh this is a great space and avenue for you to talk about weddings and to put some information out there, give some tips. And, you know, I kind of planned on doing it anyways, but, um, you know, kind of having that reassurance and knowing that they want to hear stuff like that and, um, makes me, you know, want to go on and jump into it. So one thing I want to talk to you all about, um, as far as weddings, um, a question I get asked a lot is who pays for the wedding? So, Here's the thing. It's 2018, you guys. Um, About three weeks ago, I put a poll on my personal Facebook page, and I just asked people to answer if they felt comfortable um, doing so. So the question was, who paid for your wedding? And I even put some options out there. A was the bride's family paid for the wedding. A1 was the bride's family paid for the wedding because they wanted to, and they wanted to give the bride the wedding that she um, had always dreamed of. B, the groom's family paid for the wedding. C, the bride and groom paid for the wedding. So I got um, a pretty decent amount of responses back on that poll and I just found them to be very interesting. Um, The majority of the feedback was that um, A and A1, the bride's family paid for the wedding. C was like second. It would have been um, C was bride and groom paid for the wedding. And then there were a few, not too many, maybe one or two people that said um, that the groom's family paid. So a lot of people stated that 
the bride's family paid for the wedding because of the tradition. So here's my thing. That tradition that the bride's family pays for the wedding, this tradition is hundreds of years old. And that started as a dowry. It was a way of the bride's for the the bride's family to thank the groom for agreeing to take care of his daughter or their daughter, for agreeing to provide for her, you know, for agreeing to financially support her, um, for agreeing to um, take the leadership in that in their marriage and guide her. That's what that was about. Now, I do understand, like, biblically, a man is head of the household. I get that 110%. My thing is that today, 2018, in most households, both the bride and the groom work. And it's usually not until people start having children that women stay home, that they decide that the woman will stay home and raise the children. Um, but most of the time going into weddings and I'll say I'm speaking on, um, I guess like the demographic of clients that I have had, most of them are without children before marriage. Um, and they're both working. So here's my thing. If the bride is working full time, the groom is working full time. Why is it expected that the bride's family is going to take the financial burden of a wedding when she is providing financially into the household, if that makes sense. She's providing for the household too. Um, I just think that is something to think, to think about. Instead of just agreeing with something because it is quote unquote the tradition, please understand where these traditions come from and then think about it. Do they align with your lifestyle currently? Um, Are you a female who is not working? Are you expecting for your husband to take on the majority of the financial, you know, um, responsibilities that come with the household? You know, um, are you living in, I don't want to say like in this um, eh, bad example. I was going to say like, are you still living in a way that um, is conducive to the lifestyle that people had back then? You know, even biblically biblically, excuse me. Um, but yeah, you know, just, you have to really think like, um, does your lifestyle align with that tradition? If it doesn't, do not feel obligated. If you are a bride to have your parents to pay for everything. Um, on top of that, here's another thing to consider when that tradition became a thing, weddings were not thousands of dollars. Um, Weddings were probably less than $100 back then, you know? Um, So it's just different. We're not going to stick a bride's family with a $20,000 bill because of of a tradition. When the bride is working, the groom is working, you know, they are equally contributing to their household. So... I really always try to urge my clients to, you know, if they ask, I am never going to insert myself um, in, you know, family matters, things like that, um, unsolicited. But if someone asks me, then I will give them every bit of my opinion. And that is my opinion. Um, I do not feel in this day and age that it is necessary for the bride's family to take on the toll um, and and the majority of the responsibility of the wedding bill. Um, Now, one thing I do tell my clients, 
there are plenty of times prior to an engagement, prior to getting married, when family members will step up and say, hey, you know, when when you all get married, I want to help. Once you're engaged, I absolutely 110% think that it is okay to go back and have a conversation with those people. Hey, do you still plan on contributing to this wedding? And if so, you know, what do you feel comfortable doing? I never, ever, ever encourage a client to solicit money from anyone unless they have previously said, you know, that they would like to help financially. Um, At that point, I think it's okay to have a conversation and you, you bring it up one time. If after that one time, there's no response or, you know, no mention of money, just let it go. You absolutely do not want to beg a person to help you finance your wedding um, or annoy them. Not so much beg, but annoy them. But um, I definitely think it's okay to have conversations with people who have offered in the past. Um, And as far as, you know, who pays for what, I don't really think that it matters all that much. You know, I think that weddings are, you know, expensive nowadays. I'll say that probably the average wedding that, you know, I've had on average, it would probably be somewhere around like $25,000, something like that. Um, so to say that, you know, the bride's family pays for the majority of that and the groom's family pays for the rehearsal dinner and the honeymoon, it's not really an equal matchup. So, you know, It's just one of those things, I don't think it really matters where the money goes. I think that, you know, in this day and age, you just, whatever you get from someone, just put it somewhere, you know, Um, just put it wherever you see it necessary to go. Um, But the point of this podcast, the point of this conversation um, more so is, I just want people to understand that when it comes to weddings, there are so many traditions. But if you don't know what the meanings are behind those traditions or where they originated from, you might want to research because you could be um, wasting money. You could be, um, you know, possibly putting a financial load on someone and there are other options there. So just one of those things. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about um, different traditions, what they mean, why we do them, um, and then maybe some alternatives to some of those traditions. But I wanted to start with the paying. Um, Yes, it is 110% tradition that the bride's family pays for the wedding. However, like I've already stated, we do not live in this traditional society anymore. So I don't, for me personally, I don't see it necessary to, um, to continue to enforce that quote unquote rule if it does not apply to your lifestyle. So just something for you all to think about. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. There's a little bit of a tip. Um, if anyone, uh, has any comments or, um, you know, I guess questions, comments, anything like that. Um, feel free to either uh, comment on the podcast or you can shoot me an email. My my email is touchebytira at gmail.com and I would love to hear your thoughts on this subject. So yeah, thank you all for joining me and I will catch you all soon.